Welcome back to our next episode. Thank you all for joining us this week. This is Training Game Podcast with John Kiaskrigis. I'm John DePaolo. How are you guys doing? Thanks again for joining us. We are talking about a really cool topic today. And I, I say cool like it's something that's cool, but I really believe in it that it needs to be addressed and talked about, but it is about self-esteem. And I, I feel like society has skewed that so much for people, young, old, whatever age you are, into something that is not for you anymore and it's more for them and how it's socially acceptable for something and how it's um, socially acceptable to be a certain way or feel a certain way. And I relate that to health and fitness because it has a lot to do with your mind and it can derail you from maintaining your level of fitness or your goals and aspirations towards creating something better and better habits for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, True. I've, I've experienced a lot about this myself in my personal life growing up where it was just an idea of what a man should really be. Mm. And I mean that in a way where, okay, you know, I've competed in bodybuilding and I look a certain way to certain people. And I feel like you get a lot of this as well. But just correlating it to us first and then we'll branch out to the general public is that how could how could you, for instance, when people look at you a certain way, did you ever feel judged to where you said to yourself, why am I looked at like that and questioned it and then maybe altered it somehow? Did it affect you at all? I was always relatively thin. How thin? Because you're a big guy. Oh, wow. I was about as low as 145, 150, wow. very thin. I looked like that forgotten prisoner. Right? So when I started to work out and I put on muscle, it took a long time for it to bother me where people would say something about, ah, look at this, it's like a silverback. <laughs> <laughs> or he looks like he can't wipe his ass, he's so big. It wouldn't bother me. But as I got older, I look at it now and it kind of bothers me because you discover things about you the older you get. You probably had them your whole entire life, but you go on touching them later when you, you flourish, when you get older. Like I always knew I had a lot of passion, but in order to see that, because I'm trapped in this complicated external vessel, I build muscle on top of it. Um, people don't know how to bypass that and look a little deeper. There's ones that do, but most don't. Most don't. Yeah. They think that you're a bully or, or they think that you're this person that's mad or angry. It's just my hormonal system's operating optimal, so you're going to see it. <laughs> yeah, especially because I've noticed this even when you're walking to a gym, there's yeah. a lot of visual perception on you. And it's not something that is an ego trip, but it's more of like, it's just what, what happens. You yeah. walk in and that's what happens. You know, you're, you take care of yourself. You're kind of quiet because you have your plan of attack and you go to execute and you're really into your body and into your health. And, yeah. and so you walk in and you, look a certain way and you do certain things and a lot of people either gravitate or don't gravitate towards that but i feel i feel the looks and i see the looks of either discontent for some reason or you get a a look uh, of confusion like what is this guy doing here in this vicinity or yeah oh he's working out near me now it's a challenge and i feel that perception for a lot of people when they don't know themselves like you know yourself really well that they kind of push away from it and they say, oh, wow, that's going to make me feel upset later on. Or 
why do I feel this way? Even for it's for, for a split second, it happens. Yeah. And you feel judged. I see really well. So when I walk into the gym, I notice there's people around doing their thing, but I also notice a slow, the energy dips. I don't know. I've been told maybe when you're walking into the gym, it might see someone who's focused walking towards where he has to go. Again, I'm looking for the prize. I see the prize. I know where I'm going, machine and machine and machine. Most people don't do that. Like I'll see people walk in, in between my sets, in the peripheral. They're looking in. What are you looking at? Do you know where you're going? So when they see something like that, they don't know how to react to that. Some become distant. Some gravitate. I could only look at this question and answer it looking up, <laughs> looking at other gyms when I go in there and they're really in good shape. It doesn't bother me. Because I don't start engaging in weird antics. I ah! start screaming and doing crazy things when they're curling. I don't make noises. Ah! You've, you've had that before. Oh, it happens. Yeah, it happens a lot. Because they want to capture your attention, I think, because you're so caught up in the moment. But when I'm around people who are more athletic. Do you feel it's socially accepted for you when you're in there feeling that way or surrounded by your people, quote unquote? Say that again. Like, do you feel like it's more socially acceptable when you're in there and you feel like, oh, I'm surrounded by my people. I feel, I feel content because we're all on the same page. I feel like when the energy is level, it's a lot easier to be on, not, not on the same page because you're already on the same page. The energy meets, the energy is constant, constantly between me and them. So I could train harder. Well, that's why I felt bodybuilders have always gotten a weird rap where it's yeah. you're either a mass monster, which they have now, or you are looking uh, looking a certain way to where it's freakish. Yeah. Or where you're a, you know, you should belong in the circus. You look like a clown. It looks disgusting. I feel like a lot of this nowadays has, we've slowly gotten away from that to where it's become like a circus show. But I feel like it's coming back around to where it's, it is a sport, and if people knew more about the benefits of this kind of a sport where you're not judged in certain ways, you're looked at because you worked on your body, and you know maybe sometimes you, I'm not going to say this for everyone, but you, you can hold an intelligent conversation. A lot of these guys, the majority of them, are very smart. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They, they can talk to you in length about what either diets they had went through or what- Yeah what strategic plan of attack they had because they looked that way. I mean, I don't discredit anyone that has ever pushed themselves to the limit of looking the way they do on stage for everyone. Yeah. But uh, whether you're on anabolics or not on anabolics or anything like that, and that's a topic to get to for, for sure very soon, but it's just this stigma of looking at someone and saying, okay, they're judged for looking a certain way because they felt like they wanted to do that for themselves. I, don't, I, I, I never understood that from people that you kind of, press that upon them to where it's almost as if society is saying you know go after yourself right <laughs> in a certain way right okay you look that way it's not really accepting in my world f yourself and it's, it's okay to say that right <coughs> it's okay to I, I don't think it's okay to think it really i think it's you're you're being hard on yourself so for example if a guy who's an athlete built more athletic and sees this meathead monster of a mess walk in thinking he was athletic and he can move laterally. When the guy looks at that, it's almost like a different energy trying to align with a different one. Realign. Can't identify. He can't identify with it. Yeah, he no. don't want to be built, be built like that. 
but he's getting mad at something. Maybe he hasn't reached the apex of his physical potential, right? Maybe this guy walking in that much bigger is reminding him, hey, am I, at, am I the best version of an athlete as I could be? Look at him. He looks like he's at the, the apex of his physical potential. I got to work harder. Right. Or if it's just someone that is uh, looking like a, a big mass monster, right? That you're kind of intimidated by. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's something where they've worked so hard to get to their potential. Now, I'm not going to defend the attitude of people. I'm not going to defend the antics of people. <laughs> We're going to quickly hold for that. Uh, siren. Okay, it's it's gone now, pretty much. Um, not yet. I'm getting I'm getting that from Mark. Like it's not gone yet. Okay, now we're gone. Um, but yeah, if you have a if you have this big mass monster that's labeled that walks into the gym and he looks a certain way, I'm not going to defend their actions on who they are as people because I feel like those are the ones that it's the bad egg that damages it for everyone else. Where now it's every bodybuilder is labeled a certain way, and I feel like if people have more of an open mind, not just relating to bodybuilding. But relating to just being human to people, being kind, being open. I see all these comments and stuff that, that come online in these forums where someone's just asking a question to experienced people in a forum and, and they get a lot of backlash for not knowing something or for having a little bit of humility and saying, oh, what, what do I do? But then they look like a bodybuilder and like, well, what do you mean? How, how do you look at like what you do? You've. Like how do you You've clearly know? attained that already? How do you not know this, you dummy? And I just feel like we could be better to each other in that respect. And we don't have to constantly hold this societal thing in high regard where you must look a certain way. You, you must meet the requirements of visual requirements for society to be labeled attractive <clears throat> or be labeled. I mean, if you feel attractive and you look that way, who cares? Correct. That all boils down to the same thing, self-esteem. How you feel about yourself. Right. I don't have a direct answer for that, nor an, a feeling otherwise than it really might be come down to how you see yourself. Have you ever had low self-esteem in your personal life on this journey that you have become now where you're very comfortable with yourself? You have attained great gains in your body. <laughs> you've now been able to help other people with yeah. this kind of thing. No, I didn't. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I wasn't the person who was an emotional thinker when I was working out. It was more autopilot, just go and do, destroy. <laughs> I watched a lot of Rocky Four growing up. So all classic. those all those things, classic, right? It's all ingrained up in here. So when I go to the gym, it's more like a chore. It's like a task. Sounds boring. I do enjoy it. I enjoy the feeling that I'm chasing after. Who wouldn't? You, you guys just all discover it different ways. Some people get it from drinking, you know, endorphin release. But my, right. my point being, once I get in there, I, I just go. Do I hit lows? Do I stagnate? Of course. It doesn't make me, never made me get low self-esteem. It made me kind of look harder. How could I bypass this? How could I bypass this? How could I do this? How could I do that? The only thing I could see a person suffering low self-esteem on this journey is all how they react to the next person who might look like they put more time in. Because you know how men can be. Men can always think in their mind the alpha male thing. They, well, they think it's an alpha male thing. It's really not. It's just a physical presence. Your mind is stronger than this body. Mm. You know that. But when they The mind see, is everything. Correct. But when they see that in their brains, they might think that that person's mean. 
that person's a scumbag or narcissistic, he's egotistical, but it could be something deeper within yourself that you're not addressing. How do you know that person's like that? You ever said two syllables, any two words to this guy, let alone a syllable or two? You don't know. He might be causing something inside you to ascend and to rise in you and make you feel a certain way. He's not doing it intentionally. The guy's got to go work out. You're in the same gym. We're social creatures. We're meant to socialize. But a lot of people have problems with that because they have, they have things that, I'm not, look, I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's, it's apparent, it's obvious. You walk in a gym, you're big and you're strong. You've done nothing to know. And you could be in Scranton, PA when you're from Brooklyn, New York. How does this person know you? Yeah, you're going to get those looks, in, uh, not intentionally, but- That was gonna, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I got it for a nice effect. Um, but you, you're going to get those uh, unintentionally anyways, just because of, wow, maybe I've never seen a guy around this area like this, or maybe I haven't you know, come across someone like this before. Take it as a compliment. Don't look that's at a it. Great way to, that's a great way to, to, to do that. You know, you're, you're comfortable with yourself. Take it as a compliment. Take it in stride. Converted as energy? Yeah. I mean, I have an easy way to do this, though. That's why it's very hard for me to get to that point. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I can, I can take it on the other side of the coin on my end where I, I never really had a low self-esteem thing. I ha I've had other things I had to deal with, other demons, as everyone else does. But low self-esteem wasn't part of it. And I think it was always because I was always interested in inquisitive. I was I wasn't afraid to make a mistake or be or have humility because I know that as as male creatures we have an ego and I I have seen that firsthand on many different levels. I mean my dad was a very big uh, dad ego maniac but also um you know a wonderful man when he was alive but not always Nuggers did the right things that were correct, and uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. The ones that know him know what I mean. But um, I kind of learned in, in a in an interesting way for myself that I said, okay, I don't I don't really need to feel like this because I I can I can be myself. You have control. Yeah, I had a lot of control, and I think going to the gym accentuated that. It just oh. gave me even more structure and control. Absolutely. Which amen. Um, which which kind of branched off into everything else, but I do see this a lot with um, in the acting space. And so when you're either when we had audition rooms and stuff, some of them are coming back, but mo mostly it's over Zoom now. But you'd walk into these rooms, and a lot of friends and actor friends I have or had had always talked about the idea of oh, everyone looks like me, and everyone <laughs> is going to be like me. And I always looked at them a little bit odd in a way where I said, okay, but they're not. Unless they've cloned you, they're not gonna they're not gonna be you. Do you I mean, mean they may look the same, not really. I mean, you're not you're not the exact same person. You have a different personality. Unless you're an actual clone, who cares if they're wearing the same kind of outfits? Who cares if they have the same kind of hair? They're not you. They're gonna be different. And it would defeat them and destroy them. And I would go into these things saying, Oh yeah, maybe it's one out of a thousand. I mean, this is how casting kind of works, but it's it's a fun it's a fun experience for me. I enjoy it because I go in there saying I've done the best I can. Mm -hmm. I have my own uh, uh, homework that I've done or whatever I've done like that. But I'm gonna go in there and just be myself and have my own personality. And that's what I think really helped me in that medium. And then I I transfer it to the other extreme, which is bodybuilding <laughs> world. 
right? And I'm in there now, and uh, you know, I'm I always competing in the shorter class, and and when I would go out for these uh, for these contests, I know that there would be people that look like me back there, quite literally now, because the body structure, the anatomy is fit a certain way, but. I knew that they can have the same <clears throat> genetic structure. I knew that they can have the same posing. I knew that they can have the same, um, you know, humility in certain ways. I knew yeah. that they weren't going to look identical to how I was. I have my own flair. Yeah. I have my own song that's attached to what I'm going to be doing. So mm -hmm. there's all these variables that come into play where I feel like having good self-esteem and having a good rock, rock solid foundation for yourself is something that is so valuable and i would say in order to do that just slowly treat yourself with the respect that you deserve and know your own boundaries and don't go out there feeling like you have to be something that you're not or be equivalent to what the other person feels like you need to be because it you lose the essence of yourself once i threw that away mm. it opened up more doors for me as far as being able to do stuff like this with you having a podcast or not even on this level of what we call success or, or not success to some people who really cares. But at the point of it gives you a certain freedom where you're not attached to a feeling that you need to be something or someone that you're not because society is the only thing that's accepting that. Why not break the rules a little bit, right? What be rules? who you are. You are who you are. You are who you are. Exactly. And the rules of society, meaning that who cares if society is not going to like you for who you are, the, they damn well better at that's, some point. They will know who you are, but yeah. at the same time as you're being true to who you are. And that's the main that's the main thing. You can go home with your head up high and hold that respect for yourself. You know, the only place I would ever walk in that I didn't really know who I was <laughs> would be if, God forbid, I walk into like a funeral. Yeah. And normally, everywhere I go, I got this gallon of water. You know what I'm saying? And I would still have it there. They look at me and go, who the hell is this? The water boy? What, what's in his hand? <laughs> And I would just drink my water. Like going into the gym, I knew who I was. Um, if I walked into a social setting, I used to go on first dates in sweatpants. Not Russell Athletic, like well, uh, probably $60 sweatpants. But they look at me going, uh, you always wear that on a first date? I says, yeah. <laughs> I would tell them, why, are you interested in my clothing or interested in me? Buckles them up sometimes. It's the truth. Always be you, meaning. Some people wouldn't even say that. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to come out. You understand? Yeah. It's a testament to <laughs> just being yourself in the 100%. ultimate sense of the world. That's someone who's comfortable being themselves. Right. No, people will tell you, we're going to go to this place. Make sure you wear this. Make sure you wear what? I'll make sure I don't go there naked. Okay. <laughs> I will dress comfortably. Going back to even but what I you said about you. the water. Is, yes. It was even funnier for me because I remember, and uh, my college buddies will laugh at me. Shout out to LIU, but I still am friends with a couple of them today. And they always mention, they go, hey, man, remember when you had that big bottle of water? <laughs> I would start laughing. What do you mean, yesterday? <laughs> well, today. But he's like, you know, I always used to see you with the big bottle of water and, and either having like the, the peanut butter sandwiches or the chicken, but we'd have a good laugh about it. But I knew that the perception when I would walk into class in college and I would sit down in like these biology classes. And um, 
And I'd have like the teacher being, wow, that's a lot of water today. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really thirsty today. Wow. <laughs> but it's just a strange perception that people have. Like, who cares? It's it's a gallon of water. Yeah, it may not yeah, mean yeah. much now, but it does happen. Wow. Because I, I was training for a show. Of course. You were, you were driven. Yes. More people should be like that. Not just for a show, just driven to do something. I, you just brought me back. That's why I said, wow. I'm currently in school in Kingsborough, physical therapy. But I remember when I was first going back to school, like five years ago, six years ago, I remember it was awkward. It was, I didn't fit the fucking desk. And I'm looking around going, every, everybody, <laughs> everybody sits like they're a fixture that belongs in the chair. You see their legs breathing. You see they're sitting there. Not, the circulation isn't being cut off. And here I am. I had to be greased in like I needed to bring in some, some Vaseline, some KY jelly, <laughs> just to get in the side of a fucking chair and, read, and just read a book. So you're bringing me back to that, and I felt fine. I was drinking, thinking, this is normal. I just got to sit sideways. It's not, not a big love seat for me. And the people will be looking at me so often. I drink my water. I look around. The people look at me going, okay, are you okay? Can you breathe? Are you all right? I started getting in my head a little bit. I'm like, wow. I started standing up in the back, drinking my water, just taking notes. <laughs> and it was, You know why I did that? Why? I was going to ask you that. It was, it was uncomfortable being in that chair sitting sideways. So I put myself in a more, I became comfortable even being more uncomfortable. Now you know I'm standing, taking notes. It looks weird, but the more they look back at you, which wasn't much, believe it or not, just makes you stronger. Yeah, it's so strange. It's odd, I, but it works. It's all up here, man. That's kind of the thing that I was, I was saying is like I wanted to get away from all of that. I want to kind of make sure that when, when we're talking even about self-esteem, it's something that we're encouraging you to be yourself. Yeah. And it's just from uh, examples that we have lived through through our lives. And hopefully that'll be some insight into maybe helping other people out there by, by giving that back to you and, um, Absolutely. Yeah. and taking it from there. Now, how do you think that correlates to your health and fitness? I mean, it's going into mental state. It's going into um, staying in a, in a healthy frame of mind to continue your success moving forward. Do you think that's super important? What are we talking about? Just mixing, mixing what? With yeah, what? just mixing like having a good self-esteem, having um, having a good foundation for yourself, not caring what other people think, and then that progressing you forward rather than hindering your progress and making gains or going to the gym or eating it and staying on a strict diet. It's like saying having a perfect jab will make you almost a very good fighter, right? It offsets everything people do, right? Yeah. Same thing. Self-esteem would be what's going to perpetuate you to be a successful athlete or an average athlete. Makes sense, right? Yeah. If I go into a project, <clears throat> excuse me, if I go into the gym with high expectations within myself and I'm consistent with it and I'm eating well and I have a strong esteem, most likely I'm going to overcome many hurdles and there will be hurdles, whether it's psychological with people, whether it's circumstantial, a pandemic. You know, in a pandemic, I was jogging five blocks just to go to a pull-up bar. My buddy's gas station. He has a pull-up bar. I said, I know. I'll condition myself jogging there. My expectation within myself is 50 to 100 pull-ups, then jog back. That got born eventually, but my whole point is the esteem, the way I handled the pandemic. Like it wasn't even there. Almost right. like I was trying to hide from something from the warden and work around him and try to escape. It sounds really crazy and brutal, but this is reality. You understand? Yeah. So my esteem was what made progress a lot quicker. 
I didn't have the same esteem. I might have been phased by some things. Some things actually that should have phased me made me stronger and made me work even harder. So I always went, I took the detour when it came to a circumstance that presented itself where they want to probably try to weaken you or debilitate you or slow you down. I went quicker. And the circumstance would disappear when I went quicker. It's almost like he's not going to comply. I won't deal with it. Let him go do what he's doing. Well, it's the same thing of when I first started lifting weights. I mean, I must have weighed, no kidding, about 95 pounds. Wow. I was very, very, very that. skinny. I didn't know that. And when I first started, I I don't know. Like I said, I wanted to get better at working on my jump shot at the time when I was playing basketball. And I wanted to, I don't know, I admired my, my older friends at that point where they were gaining muscles. And I said, oh, it looks really good. And and I started doing my push-ups and my pull-ups and mm-hmm. gaining more strength that way. And, and, and I was kind of experimenting a little bit by saying, am I going to actually gain size as possible? Because I've never tried any of it before. You were looking for size? Yeah, I was looking for size. I said, because, you know, I didn't think I could gain any size being as skinny as I was. Got I didn't it, think yeah. it was possible. It was the mind of a, of a young adolescent, right? Probably came quick for you, right? Well, that was the thing. I started to see gains fairly quickly on my structure. Figured, yeah. And I said, and then, but the, the perception I was getting from people was a little bit like, who who's this guy now thinking that he can get a little bit bigger in my presence? How dare he? Yeah, it was kind of like a how dare he. And this was during high school. And I remember feeling a bit low, but I, I was a bit arrogant at that age too. And I said, okay, I out, took right? you as a challenge. You know, I went, yeah, watch this next time. Now I'm going to go work even harder for you so you can see twice the gains. And then now you're going to get a little bit more upset. And I'm, I'm going to like that. I'm going to revel in it. Wow. A little, sadic- uh, little sadist in Yeah, you, it was a little <laughs> sadist in me at that <laughs> age, right? It, it, you, you don't think of it. But these things carried over into my adult life too, where I'm thinking of it now where I say, I can laugh at those things if they do happen and, they, and I am encountered by them because they happened already and I had dealt with them. Experience. But at that age, it was very susceptible to saying they could hinder my growth at that point. I maybe can go uh, lock myself away and, and say I'm not going to be working out anymore. It's not my personality and who I am, no. but it does happen for people. You can get derailed very quickly from having a, a negative outside force or negative influence come into your life like that and destroy the self-esteem that you already were building. And I so use it as an example because I was once there at that point and the way I broke through it was I started to not listen to people like that. You know, I had my heroes on my wall where I said, those guys, those guys have done it and they're big <laughs> stars, you know, they're humongous and everyone loves them. And I, I took that as a nice foundation in the Testament. I said, well, I'm going to be one of those guys too. And I started yourself that, right? Absolutely. It was it was psyching myself into convincing myself that the people that are pasting on my wall are talking at me and saying, You can do this, kid. Yeah. And that really helped me gain a lot more self-confidence in myself and made me who I am today. But it was it could have gone either way. I could have really listened to the outside people putting this perception on me by I don't know why. It's just human nature that people want to want to say certain things to you. And it doesn't happen everywhere. But if it does happen, I'm just saying, don't listen to it. And as hard as that might be, give yourself some inspiration. Find it from somewhere. I didn't have too much growing up, but I I was able to cut out these pictures of magazines and put them on my wall. And that really helped me get past whatever I was going through. And it kept me on track. It kept me 
it kept me focused, but I didn't realize how much it would carry over until I got a little older and how important that was, how important that moment that I still think of is. You sound like you might've been a visual healer. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. You know, thinking of it that way, I, wow, right? I, I guess I was, I, I always go back to these quotes that I hear and uh, of course, Arnold has said it, but it was, um, something of where you have to visualize the prize. Yeah. You have <laughs> to, you have to see the goal you have yeah. to, and you, you can't just see it. You have to actually feel it and visualize it because if you don't visualize it, your mind starts going out of focus into many different directions and it's not streamlined. Mm. And I've always been very streamlined in that way because it takes a little practice. That's where when I do the 10 minutes of meditation per day, I actually visualize a goal that I have in mind while I do it. And I, I give myself that energy to focus on it and actually see myself going through the process of, of working through it and attaining it and then finally attaining it. I did this with success when I was doing bodybuilding. Well, I would visualize myself up on the stage holding the trophy. I'd visualize myself on stage getting to that point, going through those poses. And then guess what? When I went through those workouts, I started visualizing and saying it were much better, more intense. Was it a visual? And I had that visual connection and it made me say, okay, now this bicep curl, this is going to be a great shot for when I do a real double bicep pose and this kind of stuff. Well, you know how I suspected that, right? How do you think? Tell me. Pictures on the wall. It's a visual, right? I walk in the room and there's a bunch of pictures on the wall representing what I want to do. How could you miss it? You walk right in. Pick one. (laughs) So visually, you're connecting. It's a reminder every day to visually connect. Yes. With this goal you have at the end of the tunnel, where that light is. I still do this today. Make sure you keep paddling. Right? Absolutely. I still yeah. do this today. I, I, I love watching, nowadays, I love watching really uh, amazing plays. I've always loved watching movies. I mean, that's what brought me into this, this field that I love. And I mean, measuring success of what people want to measure it of. I, I, I go through the circuit and I, I choose things that make me feel great and make me feel like I'm trying to make a difference in at least someone's life by watching the work that I do. So hopefully that presents itself. But I do have a vision board at home. I still have that. And it, it changes and evolves over the time when my goals change. But it's always there because it brings you back to that 15, 16-year-old kid that had needed that visualization unintentionally creating his own vision board. And it really helped me. Wow. Constant. So, so it's constantly there to set the stages. Constantly there. And it still will be no matter what level of you. You know, success or progression I have in this industry or even helping with fitness. You know what I always have? What's that? A notebook in my room. Really? Yes, really. Every night, I write down what's in my mind for my workout the next day, just to ensure I'm always on track. So without a note, I mean, if I don't have a notebook, I got an iPhone. I go into my notes. But I like to see on paper, bang. I tape it to the wall. I walk right into it, put it on my door. And I look and I know what I have to do visually. I'm visual too. Yeah. My brain computes it, kind of downloads the software, and I see it in my brain going through the recesses of my mind when I'm in the gym, and that's how I stay. Well, that's part of how I stay consistent, is making sure I'm in that notebook every night, because I realize on Tuesday, Tuesday doesn't start Tuesday, Monday night does, because when you walk into that gym on Tuesday, you need a plan. 
It all starts in that notebook. It's even the same when you have a vigorous workout. I always have to visualize it. Going back to visualization, I have to visualize yeah. it at least two days before because I know I'm going to have to do something that I don't want to do, but I know I have to do. Yeah. And a lot of people refer to it as doing legs. I actually love doing that body part, but sometimes it could be something like chest. Yeah. Where I go in there and I say, okay, I know I have to go underneath it. Most of the time, I guess getting underneath the squat rack because yeah. it's it it makes me it gives me a little anxiety because I'm I'm afraid of it. Yeah. But I go and do it anyway, and uh, and that fear, I guess, catapults me through and has me progress and grow. Using fear as your friend, not your enemy. Yeah, definitely. That's what Costamano taught Mike Tyson. If you don't have fear, there's nothing to overcome, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's such an important thing to utilize a fear to be unafraid of something because it makes you break the boundary within yourself yeah. to progress and grow. And without that fear factor, you won't have that progression in the way that's more explosive, where it makes you actually have to think and take yourself back and assess that that part of yourself. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? Going back to that topic of being uh, structured. Yeah. There's times I would make a structured workout for upper body. But I, whenever I do upper body, I kind of separate back from it. So I like to hit back by itself and give it the proper attention it needs. It's more, there's more to cover for me personally. So there's times I have a really good workout for chest, but I'll be in that day. I'll be doing my upper body, my chest, my shoulders, and my tries, and of course my core, my abs. And I'll be looking in between sets going, that's a great idea for tomorrow. That's totally, for back. Yeah. So it starts in the iPhone and my brain goes, you're not going to be able to sleep right until you take it out of the iPhone, put it into the notebook, put it on the wall, and it's on my door. It's on my door. Walk right into it every day. I got to open my door to leave. 100%. I have that happen to me all the time where I, I can see someone. It looks crazy in my house. Like it's <laughs> a battleground in my house or some kind of maps to a destination. Well, you know, this. Well, it is. It's my destination to the gym. It's what my game plan is. Yeah, there's something to say about that. There's something, a testament to having in a healthy, a healthy way where you need your own little space quadrant of the wall or wherever yeah. it is in your home to have that visualization for the next day structure and gives you that yeah you're right it gives you that structure yeah. yeah and um and that's what i would like to say just in wrapping up as far as talking about just self-esteem in general how perception and point of view is with society on how a man or a woman should w look or feel in any medium um is that just kind of forget all of that and just be yourself and be who you are because you are special everyone has something they need to offer to society that's why we're all here we're here because we we thrive on interaction with others and not being isolated we thrive on talking with one another and even if we have differences i have so many differences with all my friends and even mark and axe i i argue with him quite a lot on certain topics but um but i love him and i love the people that i'm around because opinions matter and I feel like one shouldn't be discredited for looking a certain way or feeling a certain way or having a certain opinion. It's because we're all humans and we all should value that. I just want to touch up on one thing. We spoke about fear, right? Do people get fear? You need that fact in order to overcome? I, I can't emphasize how important that really is. You ask me when I go to the gym if I felt some kind of inadequacies or low, ever, ever low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I feel fear. It's the fear I build in my brain. Because if I know I'm going to go squat, I'm going to put some challenge weight on there, right? And you fear is what goes down. Will it come up? 
Will I get injured in the process? What's going to happen? Without that fear, you never get better. Just like fighting. When people fight, they have a fear. That's a good thing. That means you're normal. If you don't got the fear, you might, you might not be wired in to know what's going to happen next. You understand? Yeah. So I just want to emphasize how important that might have that. If you have that fear, some people use it and right away, oh, I got fear. It's a reason to be discouraged. Don't. You probably have a challenge ahead of you. You can't overcome something without a challenge. On that note, I'm John DePaulo. I'm John Kioskarigis. Thank you so much for joining us. Training Game Podcast. You can follow us on our Instagram. Uh, we can follow us on our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on our Patreon. Support us. We'll support you. Um, but really, we, we thrive because of you guys. We thrive because of public watching. We thrive because we really want to take your comments and your uh, considerations at hand and, and have some fun, answer some questions, and, uh, and be a part of uh, making society more engaging for, for everyone. So thank you again for joining us this week. You can follow me on John underscore Kioskarigis on Instagram. Unique underscore physique 23. And that's it. We'll see you all next week. Have a great one, guys. Look forward.